All right. Welcome back to episode 14 today with Justin and Megan Hillica. Hello and welcome to the Fighting for Connection podcast. I'm Brett Nicola, a husband, father, and fun lover. Listen in as I share stories, tips, and inspiration that will move you toward the connection that you want in your relationship. Justin and Megan, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you guys on board. You guys have been amazing friends to me throughout so many years, all the way uh, beginning in childhood with you, Justin. And it's been awesome just to have uh, Megan, you join that friendship with Justin. And the two of you have been awesome friends to both my wife, Kelsey, and I. So fun to have you on the podcast, fun to have this conversation. Number one, because uh, as I was preparing for this, I thought like this conversation uh, is natural as I want it to be. It's also a conversation that I don't know that we necessarily have if we're just sitting down at one of our houses. So in a way, it's like I get to know you guys better through this process and I'm looking forward to it. Welcome on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So the first thing that I want to do is I just want to introduce you guys to my audience. They don't know you as well as I do. So I thought maybe you could just uh, fill us in on who you are, how long you've been married, and really what are some of the uh, most important things that uh, identify you guys as a couple and as individuals? Yeah, um, we've been married 11 years, almost 12, which seems crazy. Time just keeps flying by. We are expecting our eighth child in May, um, Mm -hmm. and we also have had our daughter die when we've been married five years, I think. She died at 15 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, we are currently traveling in a school bus or not currently, but <laughs> in that's what we've been doing for the past year or so. Mm-hmm. We built a school bus out into a motorhome and we've been traveling the country. We're currently in Minnesota. I work with Gravy Moms and what do you do? I work with companies that are looking to develop products or and I'm a manufacturer, mechanical engineer working with manufacturing companies. Yeah, I think uh, just right there in that couple of minutes that you shared, uh, there's a whole bunch of interesting things there in terms of relationships and the human experience. So I know that this conversation is going to be super fascinating and interesting. And I think like the, the thing that really pops out right away is you know, number one, hearing that death of Aria, and um, I was part of your guys' life when that happened and remember that day so well. And I think we're going to get into that. But then I think the next thing that jumps out is is the bus. Like, who lives in a bus? And I want to just know. <laughs> I know who does, right? <laughs> and, with, and, with, and with seven kids, one on the way, I, I want to know just a little bit how that came to be and uh, if it was something that you no puns intended got you know kind of backed into or if it was something you did on purpose that's like I think the question that everyone would want to know yeah I think the the what, what led into it was was my fault because I on my <laughs> birthday weekend we were supposed to be going on a date um, and I, I went down to Mankato Megan and I went down there stayed the night and I, I ran a half marathon and then uh, it kind of wore me out. So I was in bed sleeping by 5 p.m. that night, and we were supposed to be having our nice date, date weekend. weekend. Nice date weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so Ma- Megan was up um, in the hot tub reading a book, and this idea came to her. You can tell more about it. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I do think it stems from Aria dying, um, that one of the biggest things, well, for me, and I think Justin also agrees, is when someone you love dies, you kind of realize that you like, we're not going to live forever. Justin could die any moment. I could die any moment. We're we're not exempt from any of our other kids dying. And it was really like, what are we afraid of in our life? And what are we not doing because we're afraid of doing it? And what are our dreams? What do we want to do 
And how do we want to live our life that we can stay connected with our kids and doing the spending the time together mm. as a family? Yeah. Um, because that's what matters to us is being together as a family. And um totally anyways, I was <laughs> sitting in or I was whatever listening to this book, The Four Work Week, and I cannot even remember hardly anything about it, except that I was like, Justin, let's do this. Why are we not doing this? Let's let's build this bus and like work towards being able to travel in it. Um, at the time he had a full-time job that would not let him work remotely. Um, I did not do anything else. Um, and we were both just like, we didn't know how we were going to do it. We didn't know how it was going to work out, but I was just like, let's start, let's just do it. And he was a kind of a hard sell. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of amazing when at least one person in the relationship has like this attitude that we're going to figure it out. It's going to happen. This is our plan, and we'll just go ahead, go down and uh, buy tickets, one-way tickets to Phoenix. Megan put a down payment on a bus, and we went down there and paid for it. And good thing it it ran because we drove it back up to Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, uh, how are we going to make money on the road? I had no idea. How are we going to build it? Didn't really have an idea. Uh I mean, I had some construction experience, but... We learned um, a lot on yeah, the way. <laughs> we, we learned a lot and we figured out, you know, how to build it out as as it uh, happened. And I figured out how to make money on the road. I started my own business uh, doing mechanical engineering. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, we, we figured it out as we were attacking it. And, um, yeah, I guess that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is amazing just to hear that. Um you know, I don't even know if I heard the exact origin stories of the bus story uh, until now. So I didn't realize like that was how it all came to be. But uh, I did watch how you guys figured out as the process unfolded, what was the next step and how you were going to make it work. And uh, I think that is something that uh, our brains always want to know, like, what the future is going to be and how it is going to look exactly. And there's a few themes here that are coming out in the death of Arya and even in the process of building out your bus where we don't really know our future, but um, you guys have taken a certain level of trust that it's going to work out and uh, and you're going to go after those things that are the most important uh, for you guys, which are the connections with your kids and the connections with each other. And I think uh, I'd be curious to hear just how that's worked out uh, for you guys. Cause I can see how living in a bus, you're going to be maybe much more connected. And I even wonder if sometimes it feels like you're too connected. So talk about <laughs> how that's gone. Has it been uh, what you expected or even more than you expected? Yeah, there's only 240 square feet uh, in, in the bus. So you can't go. That's hide amazing. Anywhere. You can't, you, you can't <laughs> run away from your problems. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, if one of us is in a bad mood, I mean, you, you eventually have to face it, you know, it doesn't take long and either you're, you're ruining the whole, uh, mood of the family. Uh, and it's the same in a house as well mm-hmm. that you can't really run from the issues too long or you're ruining the relationship, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit more, I'd say accelerated in the bus where you have to sure. figure things out and different issues come up, different problems with such small space. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everything's magnified in the bus. And um, often we think like when we tell people we travel in a bus, we travel the U S I think they get this like really flowery, beautiful image in their head that like, all you do is travel and everything's just amazing all the time. And the thing that I've realized, cause I think sometimes we, we can think in our future, like, especially if we worked really hard towards something like, Life is going to be better, you know, when we get to this goal. Life is going to be better when we reach Mm -hmm. this thing. And the thing that's become very clear to me when we've moved into the bus is like, we're still married. We still have our issues and our things to work through and our struggles and our conflict and our connection. All these things, like it doesn't disappear when we moved into the bus and it actually can get more intense because Mm. we're in close quarters. We're together all the time because we're living a different way in our life. But it really comes down to like, no matter where you are in your life, no one else is going to make your life better or your relationship better. You have to start with where you are, like whatever your life situation is right now, that's where like, 
it, that just became so clear to me. It's like, no matter where we are, we have to work on a relationship. We have to connect. We have to, um, and, and when we're together all the time, I feel like in some ways we almost have to be more intentional with our time together. Cause you can start to get a little bit like, you're just so used to seeing each other where mm-hmm. you don't be like, okay, let's make time to chat and talk about what's going on. And like, do you, do you agree with me? Like you have to, we almost had to be like, okay, how do we make sure that we're connecting on a deep level and not mm-hmm. just like day to day things? Totally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The, the whole bus experience, I think has uh, made us focus more on our relationship and I, I could recommend it for for everyone because it's, it's like it, you're, you're focusing a ton on the relationship, even on the bus build itself. I mean, I, I go in with like my vision and planning it out and then Megan goes in there working on the things that she's working on and kind of has, has her approach, which is totally different than mine. <laughs> so I'm more of an a methodical <laughs> approach. And she's just, he, he, tells me, he tells me, okay, give me what you're doing step by step. I want to know. So that it turns out when you're done. Uh, sure. I'm like, <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm doing. I'm just going to build it. And then I'll show you when I'm done what I did. <laughs> he cannot stand it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's been something that's kind of bugged me about Megan and in our relationship since we've been married. And it's made us, you know, it's become more prevalent and it's like something that we had to face every day. So then. Yeah, we just had to, you know, I, I probably became less of like a methodical type guy and we, we kind of met in the middle and we, we both mm. have worked through that thing. Yeah. So that's yeah. just what, one example of, of how a, uh, the bus has made it. It's a challenge. Like if mm-hmm. you ever decide to build a bus with your spouse, don't expect it to be easy. It's probably, sure. I always tell people the three hardest things I've ever done. I guess being married is another one, but Aria dying, building the bus and starting a business. Those are like. Sure. Building the bus was just, huh? Yeah, and then we we didn't want to do it one at a time, so we both started or we're working on building a business and building a bus at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's been amazing to watch, and and it's interesting because from the outside, you know, even from like a, I would say fairly close proximity, you don't always see that, and I wouldn't have even known that you'd have put the bus build in that category. But there is one thing that you did share that. I heard in there that is is interesting and I found it even true in my life that uh, when you're in close proximity and you're together all the time, you've still had to be intentional with your relationship. And I found that to be like so true. Like it's it's like when I'm when I'm with uh, or when I meet someone from like another state or that lives far away, it's interesting like the questions I ask them versus like even when I'm hanging out with you guys, for example, and we see each other maybe on, on a week weekly basis when you're at, at least in your home state of Minnesota here. <laughs> in Minnesota. <laughs> um, we can talk about whatever, you know, but it's it's different kind of questions. It's a it's almost like a less intentional conversation. And, and the same thing goes for my wife and I. Like if we're spending the whole week together, it can it can feel like we have to still set aside time to like work on the relationship, even when we're in relationship alongside each other, you know, throughout the whole week that, um, you do have to still be intentional with that, mm-hmm. even when it feels like it's just happening around you. So, um, that's, that is interesting to hear that even when you're living together 24 seven or working together 24 seven in 240 square feet, you still had to take time to, uh, really develop your relationship and stay close and connected. And I, I would, want to know what you guys have done to to do that to stay close and connected because as you were sharing like even the bus build and having different uh ideas and processes and methods to doing that um there's a lot there that we could point to as reason to have distance and to to move apart from each other but but i hear excuse me but i heard in there that uh, you guys were able to figure it out and it almost, I get the sense at least that you feel closer through the process than you did on, on the front end or, or prior to even building the, the bus. So talk about that. I'd say it was, it was really challenging on our marriage. It was, we fought a lot, <laughs> a lot, like mm-hmm. 
it, it brought out all those, you know, tendencies where we're both trying to do something our way. And then, yeah, it just, it was very, very intense. But I feel like one thing that we've learned how to do really well is communicate. Justin's not naturally a very <laughs> good communicator. <laughs> but but like, I feel like we've learned how to have a conversation without being able to hear the other person mm-hmm. getting too defensive or too, not saying we don't get defensive or we don't get like worked up a little bit, but like trying to listen and hear the other person mm-hmm. and trying to have an honest conversation about what's going on though. I do want to share a quick story about when we sure. were working on the bus. This is something for me that I've learned is um, I, I used to kind of garbage dump all my, like anytime I was feeling something, I would just spew it all out at Justin and then he would have to deal with it all. Mm. And something that I've learned that has been, that came really apparent at this story that I want to share is a lot of times I need to process my emotions first. Um, and then I can have a conversation with him because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were having a pretty intense argument <laughs> and I was really mad at him. And he kept asking me like, Hey, how, you know, can, can we talk about this? And I was just like, I can't talk about it. I was not saying anything. And he's like, we're like, we're married. We're supposed to talk about everything. You're supposed to share everything with me. Like, tell me. Mm-hmm. And finally I was like, Hey, fine. <laughs> Start telling him. And he looks at me, he's like, wow, I didn't know you could be so mean. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's why I was not saying anything. Yeah. I know my thoughts in my head are not true, hmm. but I'm not ready for you to tell me they're not true. I need to deal with them and process like what all my anger and everything that's going on inside of me and kind of like take it down a notch because I know everything I'm thinking is not true. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell him because it it wouldn't do anything, you know, for our relationship. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it, it was a kind of an eye opener for me. Like, I don't need to tell him that I, I can process my emotions totally. until oh. I'm in a place where we can have a civil conversation without me saying all these things that aren't true. So mm-hmm. it, that I would say communication and just working through things that way is just being is and forgiveness, obviously, has just been huge in that mm-hmm. regards. Hmm. Yeah, it's it is amazing just to hear how there was was that strain and that difficulty in that process. But uh, what I heard there was you guys figuring out a repair process, a way to come back together uh, when there is emotion and there are difficult moments. So, and, and really highlighting there that, um, you know, sometimes that isn't uh, together work. Sometimes it is individual work that we have to do to kind of, okay, help ourselves regulate a little bit and then, and then come together and, and talk this through. But I wonder if on the other side of this, Justin and Megan, if you feel like it's, it's strengthened your relationship at all, having those difficult moments and having to figure these things out and as painful and hard as they were, just, do you feel like it, it was a net ad or do you feel like those things are things that have detracted from your relationship? What do you say? Yeah, I definitely would say that our relationship is much stronger now. And mm-hmm. we're, our communication is, I would say, increased quite a bit. It's like, it's, it's a lot, lot better. And just the way we approach things is, is different. Like a, if we have a conflict, I'm usually the one that will, uh, come to a come to you looking to resolve it a lot quicker than you're ready to resolve it let's say <laughs> but, uh yeah it's i would say we, we've had a lot of a lot of conflict i, I wouldn't say li, li, you know li, living in 240 square feet with six kids and your wife and tr- trying to live life and Income run businesses. run businesses out of it uh, it's, it's not easy um mm-hmm. we've had a lot of fun and we've had a lot of amazing memories that mm-hmm. i'd say most people don't have the types of experiences that we've had on there it's just re- really different and unique mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely caused us to um have different challenges in our relationship and have to work through them but i, I would say that we are i don't know our, our marriage is really good right now mm-hmm. and yeah. it- and the thing is with marriage, I think sometimes we can think, you know, if we're feeling a little distant from our spouse, like everything's just falling apart. Like we're, 
our marriage is not okay. Or like, we're not, um, I, I don't know. I think, and I kind of have learned throughout the years as like, there's times where we feel super close and super connected. And there's times where like, even if we keep trying and it, it, it's just a period of time where it just don't feel as connected. Um, like, especially after Aria died, that was, I would say like, that was the first biggest challenge in our marriage, even though we've had challenges before that, but that was like a big challenge where mm-hmm. it forced us to learn how to communicate on a really deep level. Mm. Um, we had to talk about really, really hard things. And um, even Justin didn't know what he, he kind of resigned himself to being married to me. He's like, this lady changed. Mm. I don't know her. Mm. She's so different. This is hard. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, we don't have the relationship we had before. Yeah, it's for sure the toughest part of our marriage and hopefully will always be the toughest part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but I feel like everything from that, it, it's almost like we've learned how to work through that. Like, I feel like we can hopefully get through anything when we've gone through so many hard things. And I feel like our marriage is so much stronger, so much mm-hmm. better, so much deeper. And uh, I wouldn't, I would, uh, like it's so hard to have those hard conversations. You have to be vulnerable. You have to mm-hmm. share. You have to be honest, um, real, and share things that maybe you don't feel like sharing or don't want to talk about. But mm-hmm. it just oh, it's so worth it. It just makes mm-hmm. your relationship so much deeper. Yeah, yeah. And I heard just in there like like a certain belief in the relationship that you know we've been able to get through hard things and. And it's almost like this understanding that we're going to get through the hard things of the future too, because we have this evidence that we've been able to do it. And yeah, it's been challenging. It's been hard, but we feel so much closer after. And I think that that is something too, to highlight that sometimes we don't face the really hard things because we want to kind of keep what we have. And I think what I'm hearing through what you're sharing is like, you can, you can maintain this mediocrity, but moving through and having those really difficult conversations uh, has only brought you guys to this level of deeper connection and better understanding in in each other and a better, I think this is something that Justin really appreciates a better process for how to repair and how this, (laughs) how this can work, you know, and he can really see what needs to be done to get back to this awesome relationship. So um, I feel like we could, go on all day. And I feel like I, I, there's a few other topics here that I want to get to. So to maybe close out uh, the bus segment of this, I just would want to hear like some of the best moments, some of the best memories, maybe like the best story that you have of living in a bus and the travels that you guys have done. Yeah, I guess there's a, a few memories that come to mind. What One is we stopped at Cumberland Gap for a week and just had really good memories there with going on hikes with the boys, mm. Elias mm-hmm. and Andre and Megan and Winston and Breland went on a hike, pretty amazing hike for, for the little kids at, at that time. And sure. Just what was amazing. You, you let your kids get out and do physical activities like that. A lot of times they surprise you at what they can do. Mm. Uh, another memory was having Thanksgiving in the bus beach side in South Carolina. It's mm. like right on the beach. Yeah, that was, ah. it was a yeah, re- really unique experience. I don't know if we'll ever do it again, yeah. but it, it was a yeah, really fun experience. Who made the turkey? We didn't make a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have no parts in our bus to make turkey. <laughs> and then there is in Florida, it's tough to find a spot to park a bus, uh 40 foot bus. So we we uh we found parking and it was, is that like a, what was it? A junkyard kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and we just had you know, sketchy experiences there. It, it, it was fine. We were never extremely worried, but it was just like, sure. Probably wouldn't go back there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was like 10 minutes to the ocean. Yeah. That's is amazing. it super close to the ocean? So mm-hmm. that, that was a huge benefit of being parked there. Uh, in, in Louisiana, I went crab fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. went and caught crabs with just using, Chicken legs tied to a string, throw them into the water, and the crab grabs on. And he pulled up and really? filled up a five-gallon bucket of it with some other people that were camped on the beach by us. Um, 
And then we went back and had a crab boil right on the beach. It was a really unique experience. Sure. And the, the crab necessarily, it wasn't like the greatest food, but I would do it again just for the experience. It's mm. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just really fun. Mm-hmm. See. What experiences do you have? We just had a ton of experiences. Well, one, like, not necessarily, like, specific things, but, like, that time by ourselves was just a unique experience of being able to spend really connected time as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then we go with people and we're, like, with people all the time. I can see that huge difference of, like, people, your kids are, you know, with other friends and we're visiting other people. And when we have that time to be by ourselves, those memories that I have of, you know, Louisiana and Florida and South Carolina and Texas. One night we were, um, we found like the, we were like by no lights at all. So it was like the best stars I've ever seen. No light pollution. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. I've never seen such amazing stars. It was just this roadside stop, like 10 minutes off of the, off the freeway. Sure. And I don't think anybody else would ever go there. You know, we got there at like 10 o'clock at night and it Mm was, we just pulled in and, the stars were crazy. It brought all the kids up on the deck on top of the bus. And we, we just laid on our backs and stared up at the sky for a while. And it was a cool, um, just a quiet spot. So we ended up staying there the whole next day and stayed the next night. That's another amazing thing about living in the bus mm-hmm. is you're, we don't really have strict itinerary mm-hmm. on where we need to be at a certain time. We had kind of a rough plan, but if we want to spend another night at a unique location or if it's a really nice spot, just spend mm-hmm. another night. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fun just to hear those little highlights there. And, uh, it sounded like you guys were meeting new people too, and having experiences with them, which I wonder what that was like. Was that, uh, was that enjoyable just to kind of meet people all around and, and, uh, hear their story, share your story. Is it something that you enjoyed about being on the road or uh, I guess, what was that experience like? It goes both ways, especially for Megan. She, she gets kind of burnt out of going in public and then she's always got eyeballs on her. It doesn't matter if she's got a school bus or six kids. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever I go, people are staring at me like, Oh my gosh, you like, Oh my gosh, you have a lot of kids. And then, Oh my gosh, what is that thing? (laughs) But the amazing thing about being in the school bus is you like pull into a, a grocery store parking lot and you just get total strangers just walking up to your bus mm. and like you know asking you to tell them about it and asking questions and yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. the, you just build connections with total strangers that you know if you're driving a or white suburban you'd mm-hmm. never meet them you'd never talk to them sure you'd walk walk through you know closer to them in the aisle and you just kind of keep your eyes averted mm-hmm. but when you got a school bus they'll walk right up to you and that, <laughs> come right in and you know it doesn't matter if you're making supper or what's going on they'll come interesting right in. yeah. yeah hilarious yeah and it's yeah. been here in minnesota in kentucky tennessee mm-hmm. yeah it's all, all over that you get definitely get a lot more eyeballs and mm-hmm. it, it can be um yeah let's just go off into the mountains and just kind of get away from live our own life here yeah right yeah so even in that way you got to get that balance because i feel like uh you know that that feeling or that idea it doesn't really uh go away even even when you're living here like it's like uh we want interaction with people but then at some point it's nice just to not be interacting with people and, Mm -hmm. and to find that balance is uh something that i think we all need to do for ourselves wherever we are and whether we're in a bus or living in, in our home and in our home state or wherever. So, uh, and I think that's okay to talk about that. Um, You know, as, as much as we need connections, as much as we need to be uh, with people. And I think it's such an intrinsic part of the human experience. uh, There is something to just having time alone and, and time just with your most close trusted friends and family um, that, allows us to just kind of breathe and, and uh, relax a little bit and relieve some of the anxiety that does come when, when we're with people, let's face it. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's an uh, anxious experience to be with people and the less you know them, the more anxious it, fi- it seems like <laughs> we are. Right. Well, we did have a lot of, so like Arizona and Utah. So we went to different churches in those places 
And for everybody else who has seen us one time, and for us, it was like visiting every single night mm-hmm. of the week almost. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we have two weeks here, you know, and we're seeing people. It was almost like I told them, I need to go off. My head is spinning. Mm-hmm. I need to like, we need to go by ourselves for a good long while because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't talk with anybody else anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just so burnt out. Yeah, and A lot of it was meeting people that we knew of, but re- didn't really know. Yeah. So it was telling our story a lot, you know, getting to know them a lot, mm-hmm. which is a different conversation than with someone that you're good friends with. Yeah. Much more intense conversation for sure. So, yeah. And it's just interesting because, you know, knowing, knowing you guys and, and as I think uh, my at least reflection on you guys is as a couple, you're pretty extroverted. You, you turn out a lot and engage in relationships and still, even then it's, it's uh, there's something to just pulling back and really taking care of yourself so you can show up the way that you want to in those relationships. And I think uh, that is totally something that we all can really reflect on ourselves and, and see how we can do that. And even in our own life to take care of ourselves in a way that allows for us to show up how we want to with other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a nice little Minnesota goodbye to the bus there. <laughs> Uh, and, and, uh, I think, you know, moving into a much more serious topic, uh, and, and even on the heels of how this bus build out and, and your guys' journey with the bus has come to be, has been the death of your daughter, Aria. Now, I wonder if, if, uh, you can just share with us, um, what what exactly the story of Arya is, and uh, and how it came to be that she died, and just what that experience has been like for you, Megan and Justin. Yeah, I was thirty six weeks pregnant with our fourth child, and when um, Arya was fifteen months old, I found her in her crib. She had died in the night, mm-hmm. um, and I was home with our two younger or two older kids, I guess they were four and two at the time. And Justin was at work and it it's so it was very sudden, unexpected. Um, it's called sudden unexplained death in childhood. Mm-hmm. So once they, it's like SIDS, but once they turn a year, it's um, coined SUDC instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just nothing that can prepare you for that experience. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so unexpected. So like, we didn't know that was going to happen. We didn't know that we wouldn't get to say goodbye to her. You know, Mm -hmm. there's so many, so many things that it's just a whole new experience that changes everything, the way you're living your life. Um, we had a baby four weeks later, a baby girl. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD after she died from finding her. And so that changed our whole dynamics in our relationship. You know, why it was so hard for Justin to, he was kind of like the rock for our family. Mm. While I kind of, I I feel like I fell apart Mm. and he felt like he had no other choice. Right. Would you say that than to be the rock and to kind of. Yeah. There wasn't another option. Just like I, I was going to therapy a couple of times a week with doing EMDR to help heal the trauma and, it was just, it was, it, it's nothing you can prepare for. It's so mm-hmm. crazy and your whole world turns upside down mm-hmm. and everything you believe to be true or possible changes like in an instant. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you would say? Yeah, I guess it's just uh, like Megan said, it's totally unexpected. It's mm-hmm. nine in the morning on a Friday, Friday morning, right before Memorial Day weekend, the whole Megan's whole family was planning on going up north to the family farm. Everyone, you know, some people rented trailers and we're all planning heading out that afternoon. And I get back to my desk in the in the work office and I had like 15 missed calls and messages and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing again and I get the message that you know Aria was dead and I need to come home immediately. Hmm. I'm a hyster- hysterical wife. It's just something that you, you know, brain immediately goes into shock. Hmm. And yeah, it's 
40 minute drive home through the rain to get home and i don't know you you kind of kept thinking though that can't happen that's not true right yeah like it's kind of a crazy joke that she's playing on me Hmm. Uh, trying to process trying to figure out what exactly is happening yeah how did it happen all the stuff then you get there and there's cops and fire trucks and people everywhere yeah yeah it's a day that so many of us can only imagine in just a very small way and you guys have lived it and know it so intimately and I wonder just from that day moving forward how have you guys worked together to really understand this and and I even wonder if if now um, years removed from that day if you've been able to find any meaning or any purpose in that and just what the healing process has looked like for you guys and where you guys feel like you have gotten to from that day I feel like it's been a it's been a process um there was a like we've said we mentioned before that that was our hardest year for mm-hmm. sure in our marriage and um I felt like we we tried to connect like we would try because you know people always say that death of a child is like a huge cause for divorce and break up in a relationship. And I was just like, I don't want that to be us. We try mm. to connect. And I felt like we just kept missing each other. Like sure. we, we would go on a date and we would do this thing. And it just like, we couldn't connect. It was mm. really frustrating. And then also when I think about my trauma and PTSD that I was living with uh, it, when you are living with trauma, it's hard to feel safety, connection, and love mm-hmm. um, because your body is in a state of fight or flight and stressed out. And like, I, I couldn't even come to a place of connection mm-hmm. because of the way that I was living every single moment of the day. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was so, so hard. And I feel like one thing that I would share with somebody is like to keep trying, cause it might feel like we can't connect. Like we might as well just give up because this isn't working, but mm-hmm. it took us over a year probably to finally feel like we can connect on some level it was like constantly missing each other in the connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then a huge thing that I would say is we grieve very differently. Mm. And that causes a lot of strife between couples, usually because it's like, well, you must have not loved them like I did, or how Mm. come you're not in as much pain as I am? Or why are you, you know, like Mm -hmm. the one thing that I share about this is we were at the cemetery on a holiday and I, excuse me, I was, um, bawling my eyes out. And then we get in the car. Justin was just looking fine and good to me. And I kind of got mad at him and like, how come you're never sad? Or how come like, why are you just fine? And he's like, just because I'm not crying doesn't mean I'm not sad. Like you Mm -hmm. can't tell what's going on inside of my body. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge eye opener for me where I feel like, I feel like we're pretty good at letting each other grieve however we need to or like supporting Mm -hmm. each other now like Mm -hmm. where there's no like this is from my perspective for him and supporting him like I used to like want to know everything he's thinking you know like if he's sad like tell me everything about what you're thinking about Aria because I want to know about it I want to know what you're thinking I want to know your thoughts and now if he's sad and I know he's sad about her or something comes up I don't have to know anything he doesn't have mm. to tell me anything. I can just be there with him. Mm-hmm. And it I, I don't need to know anything because that's not the way he's processed so far to me a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, just being there is enough, I think. Yeah. That I've learned to be okay with that. And it's not a problem for me anymore. Where I used to, like, right away, I was so like, come on, tell me. Like, I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. Would you have anything? Yeah, for me, it's... Not as yeah, we we definitely grieve differently. And Megan was going to a lot of therapy and a lot of appointments for that first year, especially to help her with the grieving process. And I went and saw a therapist for a while during that time, but it ended up being more for Megan and more for a relationship, which was a time in, in grief and what, what was going on. But because we saw the same therapist for a little bit. 
Yeah, so I'd, I'd go in and we'd actually talk a lot more about how I can support Megan mm. during this time. Um, but another thing is my sister Annette died when I was five. And I think probably I saw how my mom and dad grieved a little bit. And my dad is probably more similar to me and my mom. Maybe, you know, not the same as Megan, but more similar. And then I, I went to the cemetery, especially probably those first couple summer, summers and went to Annette's grave quite a bit, bringing flowers and pulling mm-hmm. weeds around the flowers. They're buried right next to each other, just so. Mm. And yeah, now, now Aria is buried right next to Annette. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when we do go there for holidays, I feel it's it's not as much for just me. And that's like Megan's story where I, I wasn't you know, bawling my eyes out. When I go with the family, it seems like it's more like for to bring the family there. And I, mm-hmm. I spend more time by myself at the cemetery and I'll find myself being able to process hmm. more internally when I'm there by myself and allowing myself, or I'd say being more intentional with my thoughts about thinking about Aria at that time. Mm-hmm. So special. You guys have talked just about how you've come to terms with your different grieving processes. And it's similar to what you guys were sharing with uh, how you came to terms with your different building processes with the with the bus and Justin you'd used a a phrase there that you guys kind of met in the middle and what I'm really hearing is you guys less met in the middle but you've come to accept each other more as as you guys are and I think that that's something that is so important to highlight and can be can be highlighted in these moments of stress that if we do things differently, we must not love the same way. We must not love each other uh, the same way. And to recognize, like, I think we can uh, very much be in close relationship and do things differently. And when we can come to understand that difference, difference doesn't mean uh, lack of love or lack of connection. But when we allow each other to be different, we actually can be more more closer or have a stronger relationship. And I think you guys have highlighted that very, very well and how you've gotten to that place with each other of just seeing like, you know what, we do do things differently and we can love each other in that. And that's amazing. Yeah. I think even you can start to think like, you know, one way is right or one way is wrong, Mm -hmm. but if you can know that both ways could be right, you're just Mm -hmm. going at it a different way Mm -hmm. and even appreciating the way that the other person goes at it Mm -hmm. and you can Mm -hmm. learn from each other. Like, you know, like, okay, but just because I do this way doesn't mean I'm wrong. And just because you do it that way doesn't mean you're wrong. So how can we kind of work together to, to get where we're trying to go and yeah. Work together and how can we stay together? Yeah. <laughs> in those differences, I think yeah. is is a, a such a powerful question when we find yeah. differences. Like yeah, we are different and how can we stay together, stay connected with these with these differences? And answering that question I think is is something that allows for that. So I wanna say we're five years, six years since Arya's six death. and a half, yeah. Six and a half. And it sounds like, at least just in you guys sharing that, you're still processing through this. It sounds like it still is part of of your life. But I wonder, uh, and and I kind of even know Megan that your business has has really been part of this process with Aria. And I wonder if if uh, you can just share how now six and a half years removed, if if you've been able to see how. You know, even Arya's uh, death there has positively impacted your relationship or uh, has given you some purpose. And I know you've helped so many other people in this situation. And I wonder if you've seen that and just what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, I think it's hard to say, you know, like a lot of times you're like, I don't want any gifts from grief. Like, I don't want grief Mm. to be like. I don't want this to make my life better because it's a horrible, hard thing to happen. And um, for our relationship, it's definitely like I we talked about earlier that like it's made us have harder conversations, which has brought our relationship, I think, to a whole new level of depth. And so in that way, um, for me personally, it's made me um, it's changed me on so many ways, like 
making me more compassionate for others, um, making me think about others a little more, also learning how to have more boundaries for myself and our life. Like, what do we want for our life and not just always going at the whim of everything else? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's changed so many ways and so many things like who I am is completely different than who I was before Aria died. And mm-hmm. right away, I, I grieved that a lot. I was so sad. I thought that I would never be happy again. I would never laugh again. I mm-hmm. I wanted like that pure, free joy laughter that I, I had had. And I didn't know if I would ever have that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned is I, I like my life is, I, I kind of describe it as like my color wheel of emotions has expanded. I I see way more vibrant colors. The depth of experience um, mm-hmm. is so much deeper. And I just, I would never want to go back to who I was. Um, obviously, like if there was any way I could learn this besides Aria dying, that's what I, I would choose. Of course. But I, I just, I'm so grateful for who I guess, you know, it's, it's, made me to be um and mm-hmm. and made me to change into my into the like who I am today and the work I get to do and our relationship that we have um because it it definitely has I feel like forced us to to have those hard conversations so we can have a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh you know as you said there like you you wouldn't wish for this in any way, but to be able to see how um, it has changed you and it's allowed for you to even uh, have, in some sense, a richer experience, which I think is so true when we go through hard things, difficult things, we have uh, challenges and trials and strife in our life. It, it In some way, it does uh, enrich the experience of life because you've, you've been at such a, a difficult sp- space that Maybe even what I'm hearing is you've been able to appreciate some of the other moments in life that you've had and are coming back into your life as you move through this process. So I I think it's it's something that is the experience of life. Uh, There are difficult moments. They come in many different forms. And uh, to be able to just recognize that uh, it does it does allow us to grow and it does allow us to see life in different ways. And, um, and if we can at least hold on to some of those things, maybe, maybe in some ways it gives us some, some purpose to these difficult things. And I guess I know that having some purpose, having some meaning to difficulty and trial is so important. Uh, and if we can, as we move through this process, see those things, maybe it, just takes the little bit of the pain away. Yeah, I definitely think it's something that each person has to go through. You know, like it's mm-hmm. easy to try tell somebody else like, Oh, look for the good or look for the mm-hmm. blessings. But each person has to like come to their own, like, oh, okay, like I can see how this has helped me or changed me for the better. Um, and I often think too, like what this has done is it, it has expanded my capacity to feel the the greater depth of pain that you feel that opens up the more joy and possibility for mm. the opposite emotion. Mm-hmm. So as much pain as you feel, you have that potential and capacity to feel that opposite in joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you feel so much pain, you also expand your capacity for, for a beautiful, joyful life too. Mm. Yeah, so powerful. One last question that I would have here as we, maybe transition out of this topic specifically is, is for you guys, if there would be anything that you would share with another couple that is experiencing a similar loss or um, especially couples who are going through difficult moments, even uh, is there anything that you guys would just want to share with them or any thoughts that you'd have for another couple who maybe is in a similar position that you once were? One thing I really appreciate about Megan is just her her focus on our relationship that we always turn into it and do mm. do different things that build up our relationship because when when it, when it does get tough the easy thing is to turn away that's go do your own thing uh, 
just focus on something else rather than confronting mm, mm-hmm. the the issue that's cropped up in your relationship. And that's something I, I think we've, you know, easy for, for me. It's, it's something that I've done a lot of times is just like focus on my business or focus on when we had a house, house projects or mm-hmm. different things like that, or focus on the bus, just go work on it. Uh, but Megan, she's always focused on getting us out on dates, making sure that we're spending the time that we need to really make sure our relationship doesn't go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a struggle that we've had in the bus. That I think we went on three dates last year, and mm. that's quite a bit less than what Megan would like. Or, well, uh, you we, would, we like. would like. <laughs> <laughs> The truth comes out, right? <laughs> you know, I I appreciate that out of Megan. So, if, yeah, um, I, I'm not the one initiating it, but I I definitely would like to ha- or enjoy dates mm-hmm. when we go on, and, and it's I, I see the benefit 100. I'm just not the one that always in the moment or when when things get busy is the one that focuses on it. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say is. Like a lot of times when we are having struggle or say conflict or frustration in our marriage, we can immediately think like, is this, did I mess up marrying this person? Is this mm. wrong? Like, is this the wrong person for me? Should we just give up? Should we, mm. like, I, I don't necessarily think our, our thoughts go there tons because we, we believe we're married for life, but it, it definitely, like, I definitely have like, oh my gosh, well, how did I marry this guy? You know, when I'm mm-hmm. really mad or when we have conflict or whatever. And it's easy to go to that place of like, why are we even married? And mm. what's the point? And in the thing I, I just, from all of our experience of conflict and struggle, it's just like, this is like a normal experience in a marriage. It's not, your marriage hasn't gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with you guys. It's just now, how do you learn how to connect again? How do you learn how to work through that? How do you um, take care of that? Like whatever is coming up and, and to just keep trying, even like I share, like we kept trying to connect and we kept missing each other. And Mm -hmm. it's so worth it to keep having those hard conversations and to work through um, and know, like, especially if you're in a situation like your child dying, like us, like it can make you know, a very challenging time in your marriage. And so like, know that it's okay that that's happening because it's, it's a very normal experience, but also you can learn how to connect and work through it. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so worth it. Amazing. Yeah. And what also is amazing is, uh, you know, from my perspective, I can just see how your guys' experience has been so, helpful for other people. And it's been primarily through me just watching you, Megan, build your business and, and really at the core of that business is helping other uh, individuals, mothers, especially who have lost their child go through this process. And you've been able to guide them through this process primarily because you've done the walk, right? It's, it's a walk that I think um, someone in another position that hasn't done that walk is able to do. And for you to have had that experience and then to be willing to walk alongside of other people as they go through this process, I think is is really a gift that has come out of this that serves so many other people. So I want you just to share a little bit about what you do within uh, your business, what you do to help others who have experienced loss in their life and uh, what what that is like for you. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'll tell people I do grief work, grief coach, and people are like, whoa, that sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I'm like, you know what? I, I know it probably sounds horrible. It's it's a really heavy topic, but for me it's so beautiful because I get to guide people through I, I focus a lot on the emotions and helping them process emotions um, through mindfulness practices like tapping and meditation and breath work mm-hmm. and really helping them connect with their bodies. And I know how important it is for them to feel their emotions and to have process. So for me, 
you know, being with somebody when they're processing an emotion or they're crying or they're feeling a lot of intensity in their emotion is not Mm -hmm. scary or awful. To me, it's beautiful because I know they have to feel that in order for them to get to a place, any sort of healing or being able to let go of that emotion, they have to sit with it and feel it. And so for me, it's just a beautiful, like, it's amazing. And it's beautiful. And I love that, you know, like even guiding them through and then they're like, wow, I feel so much better after and I like I fought that emotion for so long. And it's amazing how much better I feel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's the main, like, I have a membership called Gravy Moms Haven that there's tons of tapping and meditation and breath work in there that are specific for child loss. And that mm. I just, I just love what I do. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Justin's always like, you always just have a, I don't know, what do you call it? I'm always excited. Like when I get off calls or when I'm working, like, mm-hmm. I just, I love what I do because I know it's helping people and I mm-hmm. know it can change their life. Um, I think with child loss, there's a huge thing like, you know, it's people are always wondering, does it ever get better? Will this ever go away? Is my life over? Um, and it feels that way. You know, it really does. So I'm not minimizing how painful and how awful it is, but that I can, you know, I can give people tools that can help them support the grief because we're not trying to get rid of the grief because we're going to learn how to walk with it. But how do you learn how to integrate the grief into your life so that you can carry grief and joy? And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I help moms do is like your, your life doesn't have to be over, you know, life isn't the same as it was before. It's going to be different, Sure, but um, it's, there's still so much beauty and joy and, you can learn to have a depth of experience that changes mm-hmm. um, and you'll never forget them. Like oh. we talk about Aria in our household. We have many things about her. Um, mm-hmm. Grief comes like in waves. And for me now, and this is what I teach the moms I work with is like, when you accept when a wave comes, um, like you don't wonder like not before I used to fight the wave and be like, why is this here? I don't want this here grief. I don't want to feel this grief. Now I'm like, Oh, this is grief. This is supposed to be here. It's okay that it's here. I'll mm-hmm. feel it. And then it will go, it will lighten again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's just a component of learning how to integrate grief into your life. And so mm. that's what I do. And I have a podcast called gravy moms podcast that I share awesome. a lot on there. And yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, I've had the pleasure of being on that podcast and definitely recommend anyone listening to go check it out. Uh, but I also want to just highlight, like, even if, apart from that very intentional work, I've watched how you guys have have generously used your experience to impact other people. And I've watched it maybe from afar how uh, you're – experience with the loss with the death of aria has i think made you guys at least more aware of other people's experience and i've watched how uh, each of you individually have have noticed other people's experience and have reached out to them and have been able to display compassion empathy and connect with people and i i feel like it's because you've maybe been to such emotional spaces and and places and you've uh, gone through this process that you've it's given you this gift to be able to uh, see other people who maybe are hurting or struggling and even has lowered the bar for you guys to approach them and and to help them so uh, it's one of those things where I don't know if if you guys always see it or know it and can see the the maybe real blessings and and gifts and qualities that come out of such adversity but um but it's something that i i I have to highlight there because i've definitely seen it and i think other people need to know that too that in their own way they've their experiences are oftentimes benefiting so many people around them and, and we don't always see that and i see it with so many of my clients who go through difficult things that and it feels meaningless and it feels purposeless. And then, and then I watch them and how they're able to connect with other people who are in a similar space, who are in the same place. And I think that is, it's so important because 
thing that I think we're most scared of in life is living life alone. And, and when we can know that other people see us and have been there and are in similar places, it can make all the difference. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Justin has gotten really good at that too. I, I feel like it's a, it's not always easy. Um, reaching out to somebody you don't know mm-hmm. but i i feel like with our experience with aria's death that i have gotten more sensitive emotionally sensitive and i feel like my i always say i'm kind of a simple guy because I, I don't know what i feel or what i think but I, I feel like i've i have more of a been grounded or feel that feel emotions a lot more and mm-hmm. become more sensitive i find myself crying easier Sure, um, and connecting with people easier i feel mm-hmm. you're more open to like asking the questions and like he usually if he knows somebody's not like 100 percent, he'll ask them about it or mm-hmm. he's really good at that and yeah i definitely feel like it's made both of us more interested in people and curious and compassionate about what people are going through because yeah when you know such deep pain you feel like you you want to talk with other people mm. and connect with Mm -hmm. them yeah yeah so like i said we could we could go on all day and i do want to respect your time and and the time of my listeners and uh maybe we'll have to continue this conversation in another chunk of time but maybe to wrap up this i'm curious just to hear what your guys's future plans are I, we'll start there and, and I just have a few kind of wrap up questions. So what are your future plans? We're going back in the bus in January. Okay. Down to Florida for a month and a half and we'll travel to Arizona mm-hmm. and be there for maybe a month. And Megan's due for a baby middle of May. So we'll, we have a Airbnb booked in uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. We'll be Salt Lake City area for two and a half months. And I guess we'll travel the West Coast and fun. Right now we have a plan, rough plan, but um, as life teaches, you kind of make a plan and see what happens. So Absolutely. right now our plan is to settle down in Minnesota again, uh, end of next year. That's a relief to hear. <laughs> <laughs> next fall-ish, like after we're done out west, we'll come mm-hmm. back to Minnesota. and That's a plan, we'll see. But if the bus gets a flat tire somewhere, maybe we'll stay there. <laughs> Just put it, just put it on blocks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and I'm also curious just like how you guys hope to continue growing your relationship. Have you ever thought about that? And uh, what, what might that look like as the years unfold here? We're actually going on our first um, like New Year's resolution weekend time hmm. away. Me and yeah. him. Okay. You know, next week, maybe. Yeah. Two weeks and we can and, have um one thing that i want to do there is like okay what's our what's our dream for this year we've never like looked like that and be mm-hmm. super intentional for our you know for each thing that we're going for but also for our relationship um mm-hmm. and what we want to do but for me it's always very important like i don't want to just be married for the sake of being married i want to be married to someone i love to someone who we laugh together who we connect with who I can Mm -hmm. share things with. Like I'm not interested in just living with somebody. I want him to be like my best friend and to Mm -hmm. like even more than that. And just when, when our kids get grow up, I don't want to be us to look at each other and be like, wait, who are you? What happened to the wife I married? You know? So Mm -hmm. that's very important to me. So just keep connecting and doing things together and spending time together. What Mm -hmm. would you say? Yeah. Just trying to be more intentional instead of, Waiting until it gets rough and Megan saying we should go on a date. Hopefully I can have one planned and we're uh, getting ahead of the curve. Or even just like continuing to be intentional with our marriage. Cause I think you can think, well, we're married for life. Like, like I don't have to do anything now. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's constant work. It is so yeah. much work. And I, I, I want a deep relationship. And so you have to work for it. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I guess I would just, that's what I want to keep doing. Awesome. (laughs) I feel like our marriage is great right now and you can always have areas of improvement and ways of connecting deeper. And I just feel like every year it just gets better and better. That's great. 
thank you guys for coming on and spending so much time just talking about things that I think are enjoyable for you to talk about and things that are probably pretty difficult for you to talk about. So that vulnerability, I think, is is something that is is special for me that you've shared with us. And I know it's going to be special for our listeners as well. So thank you so much for really being an open book and just sharing your whole experience here today. And I can't wait to continue watching you guys do your thing and figuring it out on the fly. And uh, I can't wait for even our friendship to continue to grow and develop. So thank you. Thanks for having us on and sorry we talk so much. (laughs) No, that's awesome. It's amazing. Come back on. Have have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more uh, or follow along with Justin and Megan, I know that they have an Instagram account for their travels, which is... My Instagram is Cultivated Family. Okay. And I know just following along there that there's things on grief and child loss, but it's also a place where you can stay up to date on when you guys are traveling and you just get in uh, a little sneak peek just through the stories I know of where you guys are at and what's going on. So I think that's a good place to continue to follow along with their journey. And uh, I know there you'll be able to access any of the uh, information that Megan has in terms of her business and things like that. Other than that, I hope everyone uh, has a good start to their new year and uh, have a good week. See you next week. Bye-bye. This has been the Fighting for Connection podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more content like this, check out my Connected Couples campus, which can be found on my website, www.pivotalapproach.com, and become the difference you need in your relationship.